that line that is also the title, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery, mm-hmm. you're inviting the people with you in the church to to come and to see, to turn your eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we should be during, doing during worship. And so yeah. I think that's why it's such an important song, because you're saying, behold, like think for a minute, right. think about it, turn yes. your eyes to him. So it's a call for the congregation to stop and to dwell <laughs> on what Christ has done and who he is. Welcome to Sing the Word, a podcast that explores and promotes gospel-centered, biblically-rich congregational songs for the church. Uh, This is Nathan Murphan. Joshua Roberts. Rachel Nothangle. And we are coming at you with another modern hymn today, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery by Matt Boswell, Matt Papa, and Michael Bleeker. Um, you hear a lot of songs from Boswell Papa. Michael Bleeker is, was, or is one of the worship leaders at the Village Church, has some connections there, uh, has written some good songs as well. But we're going to read the four verses um, of this hymn, and we'll start uh, with Rachel on verse one. Come behold the wondrous mystery in the dawning of the King. He, the theme of heaven's praises, robed in frail humanity. In our longing and our darkness, now the light of life has come. Look to Christ who condescended, took on flesh to ransom us. Come behold the wondrous mystery. He, the perfect Son of Man, in His living, in His suffering, never trace nor stain of sin. See the true and better Adam come to save the hell-bound man. Christ, the great and sure fulfillment of the law, in Him we stand. Come behold the wondrous mystery, Christ the Lord upon the tree. In the stead of ruined sinners hangs the Lamb in victory. See the price of our redemption, see the Father's plan unfold, bringing many sons to glory, grace unmeasured, love untold. Come behold the wondrous mystery, slain by death, the God of life. But no grave could e'er restrain him, praise the Lord, he is alive. What a foretaste of deliverance, how unwavering our hope. Christ in power resurrected, as we will be when he comes. There you go. So now let's kind of talk about the overview uh, of the song and also why sing this in church. Sometimes we kind of get so excited about talking about the lyrics that we forget about the why, and that's the point of this episode. We, We want our churches to be singing the Word of God, and we want the songs that we promote to have reasons why why sing them. So let's kind of talk about the song in general uh, first. To me, guys, I think this song, this hymn, it really is a hymn. I think it's one of the most comprehensive hymns about Jesus, like the person, the life, the work of Jesus. Like, I, I mean, definitely that's in the modern hymn category, like one of the best, if not the best in all, in all of hymnody. I really think it, it just hits the nail on the head with all of the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's such a useful thing about this song. What else do you guys think yeah, is important? It's definitely, it tells the whole whole story of Christ from, from his birth to uh, talking about his, his resurrection and then even talking about his his second coming as we will be mm-hmm. when he comes. So um that's that's one of the main reasons I think that it's 
it's so important that that we sing it because it tells his story. It it definitely points to him, which um, that's that's part of. I mean that well that's that's one of the main things that we're to be doing um, during our time of worship is is exalting Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That line that is also the title, Come Behold the Wondrous mm-hmm. Mystery, you're inviting the people with you in the church to to come and to see, to turn your eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we should be during, doing during worship. And so yeah. I think that's why it's such an important song, because you're saying, behold, like think for a minute, right. think about it, turn yes. your eyes to him. So it's a call for the congregation to stop and to dwell <clears throat> on what Christ has done and who he is. Yes. It also, you know, I think that we we've talked about this some before, but um, the words that we sing in our worship services, in a lot of ways, it catechizes our mm-hmm. our congregants. We yep. we are teaching them mm-hmm. our beliefs, and and truly, this song teaches us the core doctrines of our faith, mm-hmm. specifically Christology. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it teaches us, um, it, and, and it teaches us that in words that we understand mm-hmm. um, and that we can we can recall yep. so that we can apply them into our lives so that we can um, think about them yeah. in our day-to-day lives. And not only just words that we can understand, but even very poetically beautiful, yeah. too. I mean, mm-hmm. something that is excellence. Uh, I mean, poetry, I, th- I would say, is very excellently done and executed. And uh, we remember songs so easily, too. And, yeah. like, how how easy can we think of these words and to dwell on them? It would be a little harder just to memorize the words, you know, like a catechism. Mm-hmm. But since it has music to it, right. it's so easy to then dwell on Christ mm-hmm. because we we have the tune. And It's yeah. like God created us to yeah. be that way, to wow. remember songs because it's put to me- or to remember texts put to a tune. And, and speaking of the tune, I mean, it's melodically beautiful. Um, I think that it, it's well-constructed. Um, it's singable. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's approachable. It's in a good range so that oh, yeah. no one's having to to strain to get low or to get high. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 it just works. You yeah. Know? It's got, it's very, it's just pentatonic scale, just yeah. like like catchy. Amazing Grace, how sweet the mm-hmm. sound. Mm-hmm. It's that folksy, simple. Anyone can sing it, and that's yeah. the whole point. So, We're supposed to be singing as a church. Right. Yeah. It's so memorable. The range is, like you said, is small. It's only a sixth, like a major mm-hmm. sixth, which is almost as small as the range as When I Surveyed the Wondrous Cross, mm-hmm. uh, Isaac Watts's hymn. That, that was only—and he didn't do the tune— but the tune was only a diminished fifth in its range. <laughs> but this one's a sixth, so it's it's close. It's right behind it. So that makes it very easy. I also think it's worth singing because it's so applicable in so many different spots in your worship service, like liturgically. Mm-hmm. I think it could be a call to yeah. worship. Come behold, come wondrous. Come. I also think it could be just a normal song in the middle of the service. I also think it could be your last song, mm-hmm. yeah, because it, it reminds us of the resurrection, uh, reminds us of his second coming. As we go out, as we to leave. have the hope, uh-huh. it also works in any time during time of the, year. the liturgical calendar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If if you are a liturgical church, um, it works for the Advent season. It mm-hmm. works for Easter. It works for Lent. It works mm-hmm. for any time. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a great point. And it is so, it, 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 like we said, the life of Christ. But that's what makes it so gospel centered. Like that's a key part of our subtitle of this podcast. I mean, it is just all about the good news of Jesus. Obviously, his life. He he, mm-hmm. he himself is the gospel. The gospel starts with God himself, and that's what's so good. 
One thing about the title that I love, guys, it obviously wondrous mystery. How how first of all, how often do our songs talk about, you know, the, the mystery, the, the mysteries of the faith and the <laughs> almost paradoxes, you know, obviously they're not paradoxes to God, but they are to us because we're finite. But there's so many, I, I think it's such a historically informed song because so many prayers and songs of the early church and uh, like even, even before the reformers, I'm talking like early, like Augustine, Augustine and, and mm-hmm. the dark ages and even early church, there's so many of their prayers that are so contemplative, contemplative, I don't know how you pronounce that, contemplative, contemplative. Both ways are acceptable, acceptable. in my <laughs> There's so many prayers that praise God, you know, in the complexity, uh, the mystery of who he is, and so many songs like that too, like <clears throat> of the Father's love begotten, like that's an old church talking about just the incarnation, but he's God, you know, fully God, fully man. That's a mystery. There's so many prayers and songs in the old church that that do that, and not a lot. There's a little bit less of that, I'd just say, uh, in our times. So that's good that they're kind of paying homage to worship how it's been done in the past, of mm-hmm. uh, those songs that really help the church contemplate their Savior. So I think those are all great reasons to be singing in church, um, why we need to be using it. And for me... Uh, another thing about this song that is so awesome is I don't know what my favorite verse is. Like you can pick lines, obviously, that are great, and we've done that before. But kind of like, kind of like, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Like there's four verses, and I don't know which verse is my favorite because they're all just so good. So, Rachel, do you think you have a favorite verse on this? Ooh. Having not touched the verses Ta- yet, but <laughs> we we didn't talk about That's that okay. or think about that before. Oh. Not really, huh? It's, it's so hard. It is. It is. <laughs> I, I always get very um, kind of a little bit choked up when I get to, which is funny because I had to read that verse in the stead of Ruin Sinners. Uh-huh. That, I love that, that, that part. That hits me deeply. Mm-hmm. It really I does. I think mine would be the second half of verse two, see mm-hmm. the true and better Adam, and then Christ yeah. is the f- fulfillment. Of the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I would, those two that you both mentioned and – at the very end, uh-huh. and what a foretaste of deliverance, how unwavering our hope. And I, I love that. Line. Yeah, and I always want to really, um, I I want to 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 shout mm-hmm. at, after the but no grave yes. could ever restrain him. <laughs> I really want to shout that mm-hmm. point. You know, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's let's dive in. Starting at uh, verse one. Okay. Go ahead. Obviously, we always think about some of the writings of Paul when we hear the word mystery. Um, Ephesians 3, of course, um, when he talks about how the mystery of Christ is revealed in a way that the the Gentiles are fellow heirs. Um, uh, But he he talks about that um, throughout his writings. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 5, the mystery of Christ in the church, and how that relates to marriage is a picture of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, very Pauline in its uh, theology here. Um, One thing that I love about just a formulaic thing about the song, obviously each verse starts with the phrase, come behold the wondrous mystery, and then it states the mystery, either right after it or slightly (laughs) later. It's like a here... Come behold the. I don't. I know they didn't do this in the punctuation of the song, but it's like they put a colon after mystery. Come behold the wondrous mystery. Here it is. Um, <laughs> like the thought in the dawning of the king. Like think about that phrase. Mm-hmm. A king who has always been. He's eternal, 
but then he became king also. Like how do you mm-hmm. how do you wrestle that? You know, that's the mystery of it all. And also, he's the theme of heaven's praises. He's high and lifted up, he's exalted, but then he came down to be clothed in human flesh. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> there we go. I mean, we're just starting with a bunch of mystery and helping our church contemplate that. That's one that phrase in the dawning of the king. If you don't if you don't take it in its context that this verse is all about like the incarnation and the yeah. birth of Christ, then it could kind of sound like heresy, like thinking that Jesus had a beginning. Didn't exist right. before. Right. But he did. But he did, obviously. He's co equal, co eternal with the Father yeah. and the Spirit. He's always been. He's always John been. One. Yep. And <laughs> that's exactly where I was going. There's <laughs> yeah. so much of John's prologue in this verse. So let's keep going. What's what are some texts, um, some other thoughts we have on verse one? The uh robed in frail humanity. I just instantly think of Philippians two, how hmm. that that explanation is yeah. so sweet. So I if you don't mind, I'll read Please. it. For Please us. do. Okay. Philippians 2, um, starting in 5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, Mm -hmm. and being found in human form, he humbled Mm -hmm. himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, and therefore God has exalted, has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Yes. And that is a mystery. I can't wrap my brain around that. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's an early church hymn that Paul's using. Philippians 2 uh-huh. is basically a hymn that he just kind of, many, many scholars would say that that is a hymn that he threw in there. And that's yeah. scripture. But and so the church was singing about the mysteries of the faith right from the get-go. Then the um, in yeah. our longing in our darkness, I just think of all those hundreds of years of God's yes. people waiting for a Messiah, that promised Messiah for so what, long. What was it? Four hundred years between Malachi. It's four hundred, yeah. 1, between the basically. end of the Old Testament and new in the beginning of the new. Yeah. Think of all those people who are waiting for God's promises and yet they they are born, then they die, and there's no God promise. is silent, basically. Yeah. Obviously, he's not silent. He's continually speaking. Yes, his and his timing and, is perfect, yep. yes. But the people of God were waiting and, and groaning mm-hmm. for that, and now the light of life has come. Finally Look to come. Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. Think about how those people would have felt after 400 years of nothing and then hearing in the darkness and then hearing Jesus say, I am the light of the world. Mm-hmm. The Whoever follows me will not walk in the darkness right. anymore. Um, and that, that's what's being said in our longing in our darkness. Now, the light of life. Um, mm-hmm. What does it say in the, John one? Now the mm-hmm. light of life has come. Mm-hmm. Um, look to Christ who condescended. Yeah, there's so much John one there. <laughs> I, yeah. there really in, in him, John, was, well, John eight is what I was thinking of in the, uh, the world. But yes, yeah, yeah. that that too. Yeah. yeah, John one four. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness mm-hmm. has not overcome it. I have a friend who uh, was confused by this line in this song. She grew up, uh, and I, I really don't think she'd mind me sharing, and I won't say her name, but <laughs> she grew up in a church that would never have played something like this. Let's just say that. Yeah. And she, we had sung this at church, and she uh, <laughs> she asked me after church, um, 
Christ who condescended isn't condescending like bad? Isn't that mean? Uh-huh. That modern connotation of the <laughs> yes. word condescending. Yes. And so yeah. I had the chance to explain to her like, yeah, no, it means that he has come to us, like he uh-huh. has stooped He's down, humbled himself to yeah. our level, mm-hmm. like out of love for us. And yeah. so it was a, so now this is one of her favorite songs because she understands. Yeah, that you know? is such a good word. Yeah. <laughs> what what hymn uses the word condescended? I mean, that that's so many syllables, let alone right. just like a, a, almost an obscure word to try to fit in a hymn. I don't know. I just think that's. <laughs> Is there another hymn? Probably by Matt is. Boswell and Pop. No, I think that there <laughs> is another. Is there another one that uses the word I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I feel like that there is. But there probably is. And we'll think of it right when we stop recording this right, episode. Right. Uh, I also think, guys, of a, a lot of Isaiah's prophecies. I think of Isaiah 9, uh, verse 2. The people who walked in darkness mm. have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone. Also Isaiah 60, let me um, scroll there. (laughs) Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will uh, will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to to the brightness of of your rising. I love that mm. line. Thinking of the wise men. I mean, they were probably what? Babylonians or Middle Eastern, you know, or Oriental, like who knows where they came from, nor why their um, their skill in astrology or philosophy brought them with that, that star in the sky that brought them to Jesus in Bethlehem. Mm. But Gentiles are coming to the light of the knowledge of the Lord and especially in Jesus who has come as God in the flesh. Mm. That's what Isaiah 60 saying. So, yes, the people in the for 400 years of silence, you know, they were waiting the prophecies, you know, Isaiah was an, an earlier prophet, so what, 7 800 years before Jesus came. Think about mm-hmm. David, think about Moses. I mean, he, Moses said, "Lord, show me your glory." And he said, "You can't see my face and live, but I'll show you my backside." Mm. <laughs> so he only got a glimpse of the glory of God. But now the glory of God has come in this baby. Like mm-hmm. that's a that's a, I mean that what G, uh, Moses was what fourteen hundred years before Jesus. So that and then obviously the Adam and Eve and the fall. Like the whole world has been groaning for this man to come, and mm-hmm. he now has come, the light of the world. You know, when we think this this verse doesn't particularly say this, but I just want to share what what is something that I think of when I of as my response when I think about these things that Christ has done. It says here, robed in frail humanity, he took on flesh mm-hmm. to ransom us. And Paul tells us in Romans 13, verse 14, that we are to put on the Lord Jesus mm. Christ. We are to wear him, to put him on as a garment. Um, and and it's interesting because he put on humanity, and our response then to what he has done in worship to him um, is to to put on Christ um, mm-hmm. and and to worship him in that way. And I always th- I, I don't know that's why. our response. I, I always as think Christians. of that as I'm singing this verse that now I give myself back to him mm-hmm. um, because of what he's done for. Yep. For me. Our only our only right response right, right. to what he's done. I, I always go back to Isaac Watts. Yeah. Demands my demands my soul, soul my, my life, my, my all. all. The end of that. Yeah, hymn. we're singing that song on Sunday. Actually, mm-hmm. our choir is, yeah. Nice. Any other thoughts or verses I'm forgetting here in verse one or 
Yeah. No. Good. All about the incarnation. Now mm-hmm. we move on to verse 2, which I would say is so much about the life of Christ, mm-hmm. his ministry, um, his perfections. Yeah. Um, and there, and there, I would say right off the bat, this is this is one that states the says ministry and states it out of the beginning. He, the perfect son of man. Think about the prophets, Ezekiel and Daniel. The Lord called Ezekiel son of man. Mm-hmm. Who? How can these bones be made alive? You know, he calls him son of man, and also um, Daniel's called that. But then Daniel in Daniel 7, when he sees the vision of the Ancient of Days, and he says, and I saw one like a son of man coming, and obviously mm-hmm. pointing to Christ being throned and giving dominion over kingdoms and all that. But son of man, you know, man. Not, not son of, he, it doesn't say he the perfect son of God. It says he the perfect son of man in this. Mm-hmm. So how, this is the reconciliation of how can man be made right with God? Well, one, well, God had to come because he's the only one who's perfect and pure and 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 holy. But but it had to be a man because man was a guilty party. So he the perfect son of man mm-hmm. come in Jesus Christ. Um, that's the mystery right there. <laughs> I think of Colossians 1, um, <clears throat> for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell mm-hmm. and through him to reconcile to himself yes. all things. Very good, yes. In his living, in his suffering. I mean, those are almost like synonymous, right, with the human life. <laughs> we live and this world is not all sunshine and rainbows. Like we go through tribulation. He suffered. Um, but even still, never trace nor stain of sin reminds me of Hebrews. Yeah, um, talking about him being able to sympathize with mm-hmm. our weaknesses, with being our tempted weaknesses, as yeah. as we as are, well. yet without sin. I want to read it, so I'm not just paraphrasing. This is four fifteen. Um, yeah, actually, I'll just do four fourteen. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, comma, yet without sin. Mm. And that is another mystery. I cannot, mm-hmm. cannot comprehend somebody living on this earth and not, not sinning. Not by sin. I mean, it is mm-hmm. everywhere, and it's in me, and it's around me, yeah. and it's happening to me, and I am, I am sinning against others. This is right. a fallen world. We don't know how much sin permeates everything we do, but also just who we are. You know, mm. it's it's so it's so much in, part of our core. We we don't know how to not sin, <laughs> and Jesus did it as a man, but as God. Like mystery, man. Just such a such a worthy mystery to contemplate as we worship. What else we got? Keep moving down. The true and better Adam makes me think of Romans 5, of course. Um, Mm. mm -hmm. Um, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so all death spread to all men because all sinned. And then later on it says, um, but the free gift is not like the trespass. I mean, pretty much the entire section of 12 through the end of the chapter. But um, in 17 it says, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned, um, through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness mm-hmm. reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also in 1 Corinthians mm-hmm. 15, uh, let's see, where is it? But uh, verse 20, but in fact, mm-hmm. Christ has been raised from the dead, mm-hmm. the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man 
has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also Christ shall all be made alive. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's come to save the hellbound man. That's Christ, a good. It, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. There's two. It says he's the true Adam. Mm-hmm. So I'll get to that. But then, like you were just saying, I'll, I'll keep piggyback off that. He's the better Adam. Yeah. As in Adam all die. Mm-hmm. Even so, I'm using the King James, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. The exact opposite of death mm-hmm. is life, and that's what Jesus brings. So he's a better Adam. Yeah. He's the better man. I mean, Adam literally translates to man, right? Isn't that the Hebrew concept? Yes. Translation yeah. mm-hmm. for or diff? Yeah. So now also the true Adam, I think instantly about the Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, mm-hmm. Matthew 4. I mean, as Adam and as Israel were tempted either in the Garden of Eden or in the wilderness, that Jesus was tempted but overcame and conquered and um, glorified God and did not sin, though he was tempted. So Satan, what does Satan first say to Jesus? Make these stones to bread. Well, he says, he quotes Deuteronomy and says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every mouth, every word, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he he didn't grumble for food like Israel did in the wilderness. Two, Satan said, throw yourself off off this large building, off the temple, because, and he misquotes, you know, Psalm 91 saying, he will guard, his angels will guard you concerning you, and he will, they will save you and, and make sure you don't fall. Um, but he said, you shall not put the Lord to the test, um, which is what Israel constantly did in the wilderness. But Jesus said, I'm not going to put the Lord God to the test, uh, to test him if he'll do this. So he didn't sin. And then third, why don't you bow down to me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world? Um, and he didn't. And Israel, what did Israel do? Idolatry, idolatry, idolatry. They made a golden calf. They worshiped Asherah and Baal later on. I mean, they were so um, not worshiping God. They didn't, <laughs> they were supposed to be the people of God, but yet they did not worship him with their, you know, their rituals, their words, their deeds. But Jesus did. Um, Jesus knew who the Lord was and who was the only one to be worshiped. So as the son of man, he was the better Adam, the true Adam, the true Israel, and the reason why he can save the hellbound man because mm-hmm. he endured sinlessly. Sorry, that was a lot there, but <laughs> I thought that was a, a good yeah. connection, Matthew 4. Christ the great and sure fulfillment. Think of Matthew 5, 17. And Jesus is speaking, saying, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to mm-hmm. fulfill them. And then I think of Luke 24, 27. Um, and then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And so he yes. was that fulfillment of what had come in the past. Mm-hmm. I love that line that we said earlier, um, come to save the hellbound man. That's one of my favorite yeah. lines. That makes me think of, um, oh, you also said Luke, but Luke 19, a little earlier mm-hmm. when he's talking with Zacchaeus, for he is, for I have come to seek and save that which was lost. Mm-hmm. Um, Zacchaeus was very much lost, mm-hmm. <laughs> hellbound, an idolater, um, a thief. Um, he comes to save those who are lost, not those who... Don't think they're lost. <laughs> um, man, full fulfillment of the law. In him we stand. That's a big phrase, too, that you can kind of skip over. In him we stand. 
What other things you guys got? I'm talking a lot. You want to move on? We can, yeah. Okay. So that, talking about the life of Christ. Now we move to the death of Christ. Here's the mystery. Hangs the lamb in victory, right? Can we hold the wondrous mystery? It skips down a little bit. Deuteronomy 21-23 says, Mm -hmm. and anyone who hangs on a tree is cursed by God. (laughs) So how could the hanged man on a tree, Jesus, the Lord, be victorious? (laughs) There's your mystery in this verse. (laughs) That is such, that's, like you said, in the stead of ruined sinners hangs the lamb in victory. Mm -hmm. That's such a good line. Um, And like other hymns we covered, like it was finished upon the cross, city of light. Mm -hmm. It was finished. It was an accomplishment. It was it was done. It wasn't something that was uh, plan B. Like God had foreordained it, and it was accomplished mm-hmm. by Jesus. And that's, that's also the mystery. God planned it, but the people carried it out. <laughs> he was killed on a Roman cross, mm-hmm. and the Jews said, crucify him. Like the, the wondrous mystery of the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man right there. But that that's our mystery we're looking at is the lamb hanging, dying, but in victory. Mm-hmm. And that has spun the world upside down ever since then. <laughs> How can you worship a a crucified Lord? Like mm-hmm. that's that's what the world has been wondering. Like looking on at Christians, like why that, that doesn't make sense. Um, that makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. I also think that um, you know the idea of Christ Lord upon the tree in the stead of ruined sinners. First Peter two twenty four says he himself mm-hmm. bore our sins mm-hmm. in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live. To righteousness. So in the stead of ruined sinners, it's not just that it's taking away our sin, mm-hmm. but it's also giving us life to righteousness mm-hmm. so that his as un- we live, his unrighteousness we have the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. We, we are able to live yes. in that righteousness and, and, and live purposefully in his kingdom um, um, and live uh, with his will being done in and through us right. despite our sinful nature. Mm-hmm. Um, by his wounds, we've been healed is what um, that uh, verse continues to say. Mm-hmm. Um, in the stead of ruined sinners, it allows us now to be useful for him. Yes, um, that's a good I think that's application. part of what in the stead of ruined sinners is, is saying, you know, mm-hmm. um, the application there, yeah. Yeah. I mean... There's That's so what much. redemption is. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's not. And just, why it's so glorious? It's, it's not, not a small just thing. Making us Mm-mm. good and perfect to sit us up on a shelf, frozen, it's, chosen. We yeah. don't have to do anything. It's also making us. It's making us good and useful. Right. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. vessels unto His glory. Right. And we can't see the glorious salvation unless we realize the depth of what God took on when He came as a man to save ruined sinners like right. not just not just uh send a little bit like we are ruined we are ruined sinners. we were yeah foul you know like the rock of ages foul i to that fountain fly wash mm-hmm. me savior i die i mean like there is a desperate there's a desperate nature to this the, that we yeah. need the Jesus doctrine of this. substitutionary atonement is uh-huh. important we need that yeah. in the stead yes mm-hmm. substitution right there well, the word ruined means that you know it, you You're can't done. be yeah you can't be used anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. too, and um, that's basically what Isaiah said in yeah. Isaiah six. I am undone. I'm I am ruined. undone. I am undone. Yes. I'm ruined. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
at the sight of his holiness. And and yeah. and how see the father's plan unfold. Um mm-hmm. he uses the weak now to accomplish his 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 purpose and his plan here mm-hmm. on earth. Romans uh, 6, 22 and 23. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification mm. and its end eternal life for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. So those two verses really, really connect well to, yes. to this verse three in the song. Yes. Mm. Leads to sanctification. We're not the frozen chosen, like Mm -hmm. you guys were saying, but we have work to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. See the price, see the father's plan. I like, I just like Mm -hmm. the, the, the imperative. Yeah. See the trim better. Look, you can, you can, this is, so we said, come behold, it's synonym with see, look, um, it's there. And now like, obviously (laughs) there was a lot of, it was good Friday was not a good Friday. (laughs) Everyone was like, how could this happen? Like the exact opposite, like the most sad, bad Friday ever. <laughs> but looking back, the, you think of the the apostles, you know, the, uh, Peter, John, James, all of them. This was God's plan. This was his plan unfolding before our very eyes. Um, it, it would have been very hard to see that in the moment. Um, and it took Jesus coming back to life and saying, yeah, I told you this was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is the Father's plan unfolding, the beauty of that, bringing many sons to glory, like you said, for sanctification. Mm-hmm. I think of Hebrews again, Hebrews 2, verse 10, where it literally quotes that phrase. Um, here it is, Hebrews 2, 10. Um, for it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exists, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation, perfect through suffering. There you go. Mm. Love that. And that right can... there is a mystery. Perfect through suffering? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, why do we have to suffer? Well, why did he have to suffer? You know, right. it, has, it begs a lot of questions. It does. And then it keeps going. For he who sanctifies, we're talking about sanctific- sanctification, mm-hmm. and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. Wow. Um, that we will be called brothers of Christ. <laughs> yeah. Many sons to glory. Have we mentioned Ephesians 2 yet with the grace unmeasured? No. Oh, okay. Let's yeah, go to grace unmeasured. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ephesians 2, baby. Let me read this. Uh, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us mm. in Christ Jesus. Immeasurable. Immeasurable graces. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Mm. Mm-hmm. Grace unmeasured. Love untold. It's like it reminds me of the the imagery of the love of God. Um, to write the love of God would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole. Yeah, no stretch from sky to sky. Just the expanse of grace mm-hmm. and love untold. You can't. <laughs> it it cannot be told of because it is it is incomprehensible to us. It is it is a mystery. Yeah, why God loves us, why He has set His love on us. And also, untold, it has to rhyme with unfold. So I think that's kind of why they put that there. (laughs) 
Well, okay. There's the poetry part of it. <laughs> See the Father's plan unfold, love untold. Any other thoughts on verse 3, the death of Christ? All right. Last verse, verse 4. All about the resurrection and a little bit about the second coming. So there you go. We've got the whole New Testament narrative in one song from incarnation to the second coming. That's great. Good stuff. Come behold the wondrous mystery. Here it is. Slain by death, the God of life. Mm. Mm. There's another one I'll never be able to wrap my mind around. Mm, my gosh. Slain by death, the God, the of, God life. of life. Is this, okay, so I, I'm trying to remember the, um, I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent here for just a oh, minute. Please do. Um, the, the arrangement that we have, one of the verses, we go and we camp out on a, I don't, I think. I, we camp out on a minor chord That's for a verse while. Three. Is yeah. it ver- I thought it was yeah. verse four because we do the slain by death, the God of life, but no grave could ever restrain. Praise the Lord, he is alive. And it it, it builds up right there. Mm. Um, I think it always does, but no grave. That always goes to the six minor chord, regardless okay. of the verse. But yeah. Okay, well, and then, and then it resolves, yeah, yeah, like you said. Something about the, the slain by death, the God of life, you just have to kind of, Take a moment right there and, and just mm-hmm. think about that. You know, um, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That mm-hmm. that 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 makes me think of that that phrase, um, the that moment when the the whole world turned dark and um, yeah. He's he's the he's the giver of life yes. to to all. So yes. he possesses life in and of himself. Sure. And now he's slain by the opposite of life mm-hmm. by death. By death, yeah. Uh-huh. Just what looks like anything but like a victory. It looks like a defeat, but it's not. But no grave could mm-hmm. ever restrain him. No. I think of Acts two twenty four. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible Impossible. for him to be held by it. Couldn't be restrained. Mm. He's the God of. And that's so wild to think about because we here, it, it we have no way of avoiding death. <laughs> Like, it feels like we're controlled by it. There, that is our end, right? Like, we will all die. Mm-hmm. But God is outside of that. Like, mm-hmm. it's interesting to just dwell on that for a minute. Yes. Of how it's not possible for Jesus to be held by death, which holds us all. I yes. mean, no human can run away from it. Right. And yet he and is not subject to it. Absolutely. And thinking of, like, the whole salvation narrative, like, leading up to Jesus, or, like, the picture, the, the type um, with Abraham and Isaac, like Abraham so trusted the promises of God that he was willing to lay down Isaac's life because he knew the seed, the offspring of the innumerable nations that God promised had to come through Isaac. So if he killed Isaac, if Abraham had to kill Isaac, he knew that God would have to raise Isaac. Raising, mm-hmm. yeah. Isn't that, you know, obviously yeah. like, that's not, that's a picture of Jesus, you know, it's right. not, that's not the ultimate thing, but just like that was foreshadowed earlier in the text and now we see that even in its mm. its its fullness of of the fact that God has power God has the ability to raise the dead praise the lord he is alive and he's not just he didn't just live and die again he's still alive like he, mm-hmm. there is a man in heaven the man the god man the lord jesus at the right hand of god still living interceding ever living, for us interceding yeah. for us as hebrew says yes let's keep going this might be my favorite line. What a foretaste of deliverance. Ooh, How yeah. unwavering our hope. 
foretaste of deliverance. It's a lot of Romans 8, 18, words. for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us for the creation waits with eager longing for the mm-hmm. revealing of the sons of God. Yeah, um, a foretaste of that deliverance, uh, the hope that's in us. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're longing for it. We're waiting for it. And, and not just us, but all of creation, all of us are longing with that, that groaning for that mm-hmm. moment when mm-hmm. we're all made right. And that's such a groan of the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of Job, Job 19, one of my favorite Old Testament texts, for I know that my Redeemer lives, mm-hmm. and at the last he will he stand did. upon the earth, mm-hmm. and with my eyes in my own flesh, though it's fading and corrupting, I will be resurrected, and yet in my flesh I will see God for that's, myself. That's why the gathering of the saints here is so important to mm-hmm. sing of these things, because we have a little Amen. glimpse of that here. Yeah. And we can look forward to eternity where we'll always be together with him. Yes, and right. so that's why church is so important. That's why singing with fellow believers, and songs like this each one, other hearing, hearing it, it. Yes. I need my brother or sister to tell me the truth. Yes. <laughs> Even yes. though I'm putting it on my mouth and saying it, man, there's just such a profound thing mm-hmm. when I hear others saying it, it too. It gives me the teaching and admonishing. It gives mm-hmm. me strength to endure the day yes. and to wait for God to come mm-hmm. again. A renewing joy mm-hmm. too in the midst of our lives. Yes. Mm, groaning for that deliverance. It reminds me of another hymn, um, Christ is Mine Forevermore. We just sang mm-hmm. it Sunday, so I, it's fresh in my mind. The And he has said he will deliver safely, safely to, to the, the golden, golden shore. shore. I love that mm. line. He has said it. It's yeah. going to happen. He's giving us deliverance. Christ it may not come mine. until the final resurrection, but it's coming. We, we, will, we will die uh, unless the Lord comes back before our death. Um, but he's going to deliver us from that death and resurrect us. And that's where we're going in the end of the hymn right Yeah, Let's keep going. Yeah, what's this last... (coughs) Excuse me. Crying. (laughs) Josh is groaning even more over there. I'm groaning. (laughs) Christ in power resurrected. (laughs) Yes, we will be when he comes. Yeah, okay. Hebrews 6. Were you going to read this? No. Hebrews. I know you like Hebrews. I do. (laughs) Hebrews 6. But you're um, not a Jew. 19 and and 20. We have this as a sure and steady anchor of the Mm -hmm. soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become like a high priest forever. Mm-hmm. Um, after the order of Melchizedek, mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, uh, Christ, um, what was is it? Christ in power resurrected as we will be when he comes. It's mm-hmm. such a great way to end mm-hmm. a song. Yes. Yeah. How kind of God to give us his word that says that we have a sure and steadfast hope where Jesus has gone behind the curtain. I don't know. When you were reading that, I was just like, he did not have to give us this. No, he didn't. He could have left it to question and to, it it might happen rather than a sure and steadfast anchor. But Jesus has gone as a forerunner. Like that's just, it's so plain. Like it's so clear. It's not something we have to decipher. It's just right here on the page. Uh Yeah. Praise Uh, God. Another one that just stirs my heart. First John three, um, mm-hmm. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for yes. we shall see him as, as he, he is. is. I love that I one. Too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Resurrected. Stirs my heart, yeah. And then the picture of, of baptism, the, yeah. the, the symbolism raised. of newness of life, yeah. raised in the likeness of Christ, as Romans yeah. 6 talks about, mm-hmm. um, as we will be when he comes. He was 
He was the true and better Adam, like we talked about. And in Christ, the new, the true and better Adam, we will be raised to life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I can't wait for that day, guys. Just, Pastor Doug says this all the time. One day, cemetery, like obviously when we have funerals, it looks like death wins. Like it, there's no way, like in our own, apart from Christ, like looking at this in an earthly way, it looks like death wins all over. We have cemeteries. But one day, cemeteries are going to be utter chaos <laughs> because <laughs> all the bodies being resurrected and put back together, I don't know, buried, decay with corruption or cor- cor- corrosion of the body, cremation. Jesus is going to have to do some work with cremation. Okay, there you go. You're, you're still good. You're still resurrected. But like, man, think about the utter chaos that it will be mm-hmm. when the resurrection comes of all these bodies being made new and brought back to life. And that's our hope. That's First, the unwavering hope that we will be resurrected like Christ. First Thessalonians 4, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry and command, voice of the archangel, and with the mm-hmm. sound of the trumpet, and the dead in Christ will rise. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. We will always be with the Lord. Encourage one another with these words. Mm-hmm. That's the last three words of the hymn, when he comes. So we yeah. got the resurrection hope. It comes when he comes back, mm-hmm. that second coming. Man, there's just so much packed in this hymn, guys. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Is. So it is so good. And it's so funny good. because um, <laughs> we got a lot of verses out of uh, scriptures out yes. of just those last Simple couple lines. little lines, right. too. Yeah, you know, it, it really is. It's It's amazing how... So much theology can be packed into just a few lyrics, and Absolutely. that's what's beautiful about some of these songs. Yes. Oh man, so good! Such a blessing to talk with that, talk about that hymn with you guys. Hearing your guys' thoughts. What are some other final thoughts you guys have, or advocations for why we need to be singing it in church? Or you guys have anything? I mean, even just us talking about it has left us encouraged. Imagine if mm-hmm. we were singing it, you know, <laughs> like that's why you need to sing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Good. Yeah. One thing I didn't read at the beginning, guys, this is something from Matt Papa's um, website about this hymn, about this hymn. And he kind of titled this little blurb, a hymn for the church. Um, this is, this is really good. It's a little long, so just bear with me. This hymn has been sung and performed by choirs, orchestras, bands, and worship leaders in churches big and small all over the world. The power of Come Behold the Wonders Mystery is in its simple folk-like melody. We talked about that. Paired with its ancient, poetic, and gospel-rich lyric. Because of this, it lends itself to so many settings and interpretations. I, Matt, uh, read once in a book on art that one mark of a great song or a great work of art is that the song or work becomes, quote, the people's. As time passes, it's, it begins to belong to the community more than it does to the writers or the artists, to be associated with the community more than its writers. I feel like, I feel that way about this song. Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery is not mine, nor Matt Boswell's, nor Michael Bleeker's song. It is the church's song, and I praise God for that. Mm. I, I'd say that. It's such mm-hmm. a good way to sum that up because it, it really is. It's so simple. It's so clear, articulate, and wonderful. It is. It really is a, a song I think we'll be, we will sing for hundreds of years. I yeah. hope. I, I hope. hope so. I hope so too. Any final thoughts? Thank you guys so much. Listener, we hope that this was a blessing to you. It certainly was for us just talking about it. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you next time.
Thank you for listening to Sing the Word. If you're enjoying the content of this podcast, please subscribe to our channel on your preferred podcast platform. Feel free to leave us a good rating too. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pandora, and other platforms as well. If you've got songs, questions, or discussions you'd like for us to explore in future episodes, please email those to singtheword316 at gmail.com. Again, that's singtheword316 at gmail.com. As we continue to improve and expand our platforms for this podcast, we'll be sure to keep you posted on things to come, Lord willing. Again, thank you for listening. Grace and peace.